Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Who in Review, the podcast where friends yell over top of each other about a thing they love, that thing being Doctor Who. My name is Nick G, and today we are here to review Series 12, Episode 6 of Doctor Who, Praxius. And here with me to do that are Nick Z. I don't want to alarm you, but there's a cat next door that's starting to talk. <laughs> Chloe. I'm going to be straight with everyone here. I slept through about a one-third of this episode. Carolyn. Bonjour, bonjour. I'm not in Ontario. <laughs> <laughs> so. Hi, everybody. And Evan. D- does this look like a rash to you? <laughs> now, before before we we dive headlong into our uh, coronavirus allegory, um, <laughs> we want to get everybody uh, caught up a little bit on the episodes that they missed. So I'll begin, particularly with respect to Future of the Jadoon, which caused uh, quite a few ripples in Doctor Who over the last week or so. I'm going to start with Chloe. So a few. So we had Fusion of the, of the Jadoon, which was dripping with RTD. Mm-hmm. We had it the... was pre- absolutely bukkakeed in RTD. <laughs> well, Marinated. Uh, but but. You're, you're right. <laughs> uh, we had the Jadoon. Yes, which were fine as per usual. Yep. They are angry rhinos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we had Cap and Jack. Man, okay. That's that's where like, that's that's all you need to say. I'm going to, like, come out here with a bold statement about Captain Jack right now. This bold statement is that when he came on the screen, I genuinely was so friggin' excited. I didn't expect it. It came out of nowhere. When I heard his voice, I was like, thanks, Captain Jack. Guys, it's Captain Jack. And by guys, I mean no one, because I was watching it by myself. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then when he came on the screen, I was like, I was genuinely excited to see him which is odd considering we definitely bitched about him a lot when we <laughs> attempted to review season one yeah and i have yeah. seen torchwood and that's all i will say about that <laughs> um but no i thought it was really fun i thought he it was the same kind of captain jack dynamic he's always had but i i enjoyed it i enjoyed it because it's and maybe that's it. I, the RTD ness was nice as a, as a nugget. Okay. It's like a little, little dash of RTD, not three to four seasons of it. Hmm? Yeah. Okay. And we and, ha- and we also have the new Doctor Ruth Doctor threatening Cannon. Holy Ugh. shit! Mm-hmm. And I am here for it. I am here for it. I'm here for Dr. Ruth coming in and smashing the cannon, smashing the patriarchy, just coming in and being like, what's up, guys? I'm the original doctor. I know you want her to be like a future doctor. I'm, I'm okay with her being a pre-heart as well. Just like writing wise, I love the idea of a doctor being introduced like that. But Absolutely. Yeah. But like, as we were talking about earlier, like there's so much... Currently, there's so much to do about who's the next doctor with, like, the betting and the media circus and everything. But yes. they're not going to kind of preempt themselves and say, like, that, that that's the new doctor without there being... What, what would the bookies do? Hmm? 
Mm, now that Brexit's happened, that's that's like 30% of the British economy. I think it's possible True. that this was an audition. Okay. It's, okay. I think it's fair. possible. Fair. Um, uh, but no, I personally love the idea of her being pre-Hartnell. Um, I know Chidmel's gone on record as saying that there's no... This isn't like an alternate universe situation. Mm-hmm. But I was reading... Hmm, you got to pick and choose what you're reading in terms of discussion threads right now because you there's a sure lot do. of shit. And I was reading some theories, and one I liked was sort of, like, not that she's necessarily an alternate universe, but she's like, oh, shit, now I can't remember how it goes. It's basically like all the time juice from another alternate universe distills into her. And she's sort of the first Time Lord. She's Omega, I guess. Okay. Is, is, is that not what Omega is? Rassilon, Omega, and quote... The other. Yes. Yeah. Gallifer. She's Omega. Okay. No, you know what? She's Susan. <laughs> Who is the It's It's fine. Confirm. How's full circle? I am going for a grand unified Doctor Who theory. All right. So, yes. <laughs> Big fan of Doctor Ruth. Carolyn, how did you react to last week's episode? Ah, uh, okay. Uh, ugh. All right. Um... <laughs> I like Dr. Ruth. It was fun. It was like, it was a surprise, obviously. And there is so much to unpack there. I'm not even going to start. But um, what I keep coming back to in my reviews in my own head is is Captain Jack, actually. Um, hmm. I, uh, I was super excited when I first heard him too, Chloe, but... Uh, hmm. After I got thinking about it, it just, it occurred to me that this was every single, this was their reaction to all of those fanboys being like, well, where's the male voice? Where's the, where's the quirky, scientific, smart aleck uh, dude? Where has, where has he gone? Because you really don't get that with Graham and Ryan. You really don't. (laughs) (laughs) So... This is their response to that. And it's... ah, I love Captain Jack. I love the premise of him. Like, he wasn't so very well pulled off in season one. But he was, I think, the first, like, gay bisexual character. Pan. Pan Canon? Yeah. Like I I said last year, he, he... Beat out the beat out most other mainstream shows by like a decade with Captain Jack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but yeah, like I really, really want to get behind him. But that was what his <laughs> his reappearance was yeah. for me. It was hey, <laughs> <laughs> he would like you to get behind <laughs> him as well. It was hey, here's that. He- not even heteronormative. It's here's your uh, cis male character guys. Here you go. Have them. It's like you had too much lady. Here's some man. Yes. I mean, here's some penis feel- in your life. God. <laughs> some vitamin D. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, I was gonna say. I feel like every everything. 
all of the reactions of this episode depends on what happens with the rest of the season. It really yeah. does. Right? It's, it's like, it's so tied into feeding other stories, it's not really its own episode. Mm. That being said, Evan. All right. Jenny had some things to say about that episode and the other ones that you've missed as well. I, I'm going to start uh, at the earliest one um, and try to keep this brief. Um, sure. Starting with or- Orphan 55 uh, was an okay episode. My big grief is that I do not believe for a second that the Doctor is dumb enough to waste her air like that. Um, we've seen the Doctor before in, you know, low air situations. And I am I feel like I've totally seen, and I imagine Capaldi doing this for some reason, basically telling people to conserve their air. So the the big solve for the episode relied entirely on the Doctor being dumb enough to not shut up and keep talking and waste her air. That bothered me. It didn't feel very doctor to me. I literally can't remember how that episode resolved. Mm. Uh, they went out. It was love. Yeah, they went out. Oh, yeah. They went yeah. out about, and then they realized while she was running out of air that these things exhale oxygen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. Hang on, let, me, let me push my glasses up if you can hear it. <laughs> glasses up right now and just say, well, the doctor's res- respiratory bypass system is as well cataloged and is as long as the episode needs it to be. <laughs> Hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know anything about this respiratory bypass. <laughs> it's in the previous Jadoon episode. Is it? Was it? Oh, it was, because they're yeah. on the moon. Yeah. 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 Jadoon on the moon, platoon, yep. monsoon. Those all rhyme. Wait, that cannot be denied that those are words that rhyme. And... Uh-huh. Hmm. Okay, well, I guess that kind of uh, nullifies my, my beef with it. It was an okay episode. Yeah, get out of here. Like, I, <laughs> like, I don't know if it does. Like, like... The Doctor has lots and lots of weird powers that only get mentioned when they're relevant kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, the more important thing is, is inter- internal episode consistency. And I don't know how much Orphan 55 had. People seem to really not like that episode online. <laughs> but, uh, People won't like anything online, though. No. <laughs> no. Nope. They'll find any reason to shit on everything. Oh, yeah. Which is something I have to try and prevent myself from doing these days. I have to remind myself to find something good. Um, hopefully without giving too much leeway to the episode, which it feels like I do that a lot lately. Anyway, um, Tesla's Night of Terror, great episode. Would love to see Tesla again. I, I, I don't think I have much to say about it, um, in a negative light. I'm trying to, I thought there was something I had more prepared for that, but. Uh, Tesla should be the companion. <laughs> I remember you guys saying that, and it would be fun for like a couple episodes or something. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, I I like that one. I thought that was back to old fun who, and it just yeah, it felt yeah. good. It was good. Uh, Future of the Jadoon. Here we go. Mm. First of all, I mean, the Jadoon, as far as I'm concerned, could have been swapped out for pretty much any enemy. Any bad guy. Ah. They they really just... They were a, pretty much a repeat of their last appearance. And uh, I I don't know. They're not bad enemies per se. But they were literally just a device specifically to move along the whole Dr. Ruth thing. Which um, was cool. Um, this I, Sorry. I put, the, I put this forward on you. If we had had a... Different, not even enemy. The Jadoon are like barely an enemy, but like a different regulatory body <laughs> that, <laughs> that operates in the same way as the Jadoon. I feel like everybody after the episode would have been like, why didn't they just use the Jadoon? Why didn't <laughs> Chris Chibnall have against recurring characters? 
Yeah, you, it's so dead if you do, and dead if you don't. Depends, depends if you mean a generic thing that's like the Jejun or another previous villain. Like, I think the Jejun are very similar to the Santarans, except mm-hmm. that the Jejun are more mercenaries and more for, quote, security or whatever. Yeah. yeah. The Santarans are, like, warlike. I don't know. I, I think they were just a, a device because they needed that quarantine sort of situation to to have. Yeah. Oh, they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I'm just saying, like, if you'd had like a different group that did essentially the same thing as the Jadoon, I feel like all of the people who are trying to poke holes in the episode, um, by saying like McCannon, oh yeah, right, uh, would be like. Mm-hmm. Well, why couldn't they use this perfectly good canon race that we already have? Mm. <laughs> I mean, on one hand, that's a dumb argument. It is dumb. It is. On the other Stop. hand, that might have been what happened. They wrote it, and then someone was like, oh, why don't we use the Jadoon instead of this team you wrote? I would believe They've got that. got all these costumes. But, but again, they didn't mm-hmm. matter because yeah. they weren't really the enemy here. They were just no. a plot device, you know, to get to the real point of the episode. Um, they mattered when Ruth took that one's horn off. Yeah. That's when they mattered, that it was them. Mm. <laughs> Which reminded me, uh, this this episode, I, I've been saying all season, you guys will know, that I've, I've kind of been spending a lot of time sitting on the couch during the episode trying to guess what's happening with a varied success. This one really, really dragged me all over the place. I felt like... <laughs> In a good way? Yeah, yeah. Like, it, I just right I kept go. guessing and re-guessing, and then, like, I was never sure right up to the, into the reveal. The closest I got, I think, was I cracked a joke that the tombstone was going to be the TARDIS. And <laughs> so... Whoa! What? Man, that was more foresight than I had. When I saw the TARDIS, I was like, what? <laughs> it was a joke. And also by the time I saw Ruth like absorbing the time energy thing. Now actually, I let me amend that. The closest I got was basically saying, I wonder if she's a time lord and this is a whole like pocket watch situation. Mm. I, I did vocalize mm. that, but I was really unsure about it, and then I saw the whole energy absorption thing. I was like, is this is this the master again? And then I saw the guns, I was like, this has gotta be the master, you know? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, no. I, it was, um, as I said to you before, it was, uh, this opened up a whole new can, can of worms. Uh, and I'm really excited to see where they go with all of this. Um, unfortunately, I have every bit of confidence that I'm going to be disappointed with the outcome only because I'm inevitably ima- imagining something much grander and, you know, more blow my socks off. And it's, I don't know. I, I feel like well, there's no way they can resolve this that will live up to expectations. People love, love, love the episodes that that ask a bunch of questions and don't answer them. Because you then answer them in your head with your own imagination. <laughs> the TV show then has to compete with what you've imagined, which is impossible. Yeah. Precisely. Yep. Um, so I'm, you know, with a grain of salt, I'm interested to see how it all wraps up. Um, I'm sort of annoyed that... <laughs> Um, as soon as we have, quote, arc stuff, stuff that's not resolved, then you can immediately level the filler episode accusation at every episode that doesn't deal with that stuff. <laughs> Speaking of, are we getting into this week's episode? Oh, what, what this filler episode? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Huge filler. I, I'm not going to call it as a filler episode, but I am a little bit annoyed at the lack of, like, acknowledgement that the previous episode happened. Yeah. Yeah. 
just no continuity I was, whatsoever. All the confusion at the start of this episode, I was convinced that it had something to do with this, uh, you know, uh, the, this whole prediction of this uh, the lone Cyberman plus like what the hell happened with this other doctor? What's going on? Like, yeah, it was really disappointing. I I feel like that's par for the course for Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Like, you're thinking of season six. That one that starts out with the doctor getting shot or whatever oh, yeah. by an astronaut, and then the there's there's some what's that the impossible astronaut yes. yeah and there's several episodes in that season where we don't not not addressed. I feel like every episode, like at the very least the beginning or the end, they like mention something. Like you at the very least have like Madame Kavorkian like mm-hmm. pop her little head in, which counts yeah. as and, an arc. <laughs> curse the black spot. Yes, in Night Terrors, no. Night Terrors, the previous episode, they're. Amy and Rory's, like, baby got stolen or died or something like that, and they did not acknowledge it in the next episode. Huh. There's zero There's zero anything. Because it was... Okay, um, well, that's prob- also problematic. Yes, it is. It's not good, but it's... Mm-mm. It happens. Well, when you want to... F- I, 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 I think I was not expecting it to be addressed at all. It's fair. Um, when you want to, you know, save your whole arc finale for the season finale, I, I guess you have to kind of yeah. find a way to stretch it out. Yeah. I don't think we're going to get back to the, the, the finale is a two-parter, and I don't think we're going to get back to the story until that two-parter. Yeah. That's annoying, because two, two episodes is not an arc. No. no. I mean, no one, no one said this is an arc. <laughs> this is an arc, though. In that it is longer than one episode? Mm. It should be an arc. <laughs> I mean, they, they will dumped be three episodes. <laughs> <laughs> or they'll, like, tie together a bunch of arbitrary details sprinkled throughout Apparently yes, filler the episodes. Moffat technique. Yeah. That's what I want. The worst thing Moffat ever did was that thing in season five where it's like the doctor appears again, but he doesn't have his jacket or whatever. <laughs> yep. If by worst you mean best, then yes. Here's the problem. <laughs> Here's the problem. That turned out to actually be a detail that led you to figuring out that that was actually the doctor going back on his own timeline. Yes. Everything else that people pointed out <laughs> in the Doctor Who thread was not. But that you gave him one, you gave him one crumb. <laughs> Crumbs are super important. And we were like, uh, the the uh, Amy's clock actually said AM when it should have said PM. What's the deal with that? Rory's <laughs> age is listed as eighty-seven on his ID. Are we thinking about that yet? Like the doctor didn't turn on the stove. <laughs> he didn't use his time lord powers. <laughs> so it, it's basically written like a bad whodunit with a lot of red herrings. Hmm. Yes. I don't think they were written as red herrings, though. I think people were just seeing stuff. You think they were but just continuity the, errors then? Or? Because because yeah. the gates are open. Mm. Yeah. Because one was right. <laughs> Any of them could be right. That boom mic means something. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out the doctor's had a boom mic with him everywhere he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> the whole season is actually... A television show. Who? Yeah. It takes place in the Black Lodge. Dun, dun, dun. All right. Twin Peaks crossover. Let's talk plastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh. Non-auton plastic. That's what I'm talking man. into right now. Oh, man. I'm a Barbie right. girl. Anna. <laughs> Life of plastic. So we, so we had um, the TARDIS fam uh, split up a bit in this episode. That was that any better for anybody? I mean, they were at least a little bit more competent. Yeah, mm. they, they had to be. They were they were in smaller numbers. They were almost yeah. 
too confident. Yeah, that's oh, my no. problem. <laughs> it's, there was yeah, like a leap in else... development somehow. They just were not who they were in previous episodes. We got hooked on phonics between the episodes. Yeah. Yaz was the one that stuck out for me. Oh, yeah. Like, why did she want to go back and get that thing so bad? It just kind of seemed out of character for her, and I was thinking, she oh, needed God, did she get one character trait in the whole series, right? But Let like, that's curiosity. what I mean. I, I was, I wouldn't go, I wouldn't go so far as to say it. It felt like it was out of character for her to say to the doctor, "I found this really cool, like this really important looking piece of tech, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. It just seemed like somehow between the doctor meeting Doctor Ruth in this episode. If they're even happening after each other chronologically, because yeah. who knows? Oh, that's a good point. Who knows? Mm. Um, it just seems like the whole team like sat down with the doctor and took a crash course in how to be a competent doctor person. <laughs> how to competently type. blunder into success? <laughs> yeah. yeah. The yeah. first slide is just right. I was okay with it from Yaz, because I've, I've always felt like Yaz should have the most potential uh, potential to kind of protege the doctor in a sense. So for me, mm-hmm. what I saw in her behavior was, as you say, very doctor, you know? And yeah. and that that uh, gets expanded on when she makes the decision like, yeah, we're going through this portal, but you don't know what's on the other side. Mm-hmm. We could die. Yeah, we could. But science? At the same time, it was so frustrating. She has a fucking, like, Dot, dot her calm dot she could fucking talk to the doctor and say hey by the way we're going through this portal if you don't hear from us in five minutes come find us or yeah. something you know and also why in the fuck did they make an agreement to come back in an hour why didn't they hop in the tardis go to the thing grab it take off like never does i it wasn't it's just so frustrating uh, it's you have a time and hour, space yeah. machine <laughs> like, Take advantage yes, of that. Yes, and I believe Gabriella was the other character's name. Them being in danger was never a plot point of the episode. No. no. It was never like, oh, the doctor doesn't know where we are, so we're in danger. Like, that didn't really happen. Mm. The, 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 the TARDIS got there fine. Yeah. I would make the note that I, I thought she consciously made the decision not to tell the doctor Precisely because she probably wants to carve out some independence for herself and prove she can do it. Uh, I would say so. Mm-hmm. I mean, she did I point out that. that she was really disappointed yeah. she didn't find an alien planet. Oh yeah, it's entirely it was entirely an ego move. Mm-hmm. I I think it was a meta message. Oh, like of hearing about yeah, it's not doing much. Oh, they were mm-hmm. listening to us. I think I think that's mm-hmm. what okay. that was about. They listen to our podcast specifically. That's right. <laughs> yep. Rightly so. Top of the list. I should. I, re- I really shouldn't like shit talk too much because this is definitely the part of the episode where I was asleep. Oh no! <gasps> I genuinely fell asleep like 15 minutes in. It was like when they got to Hong Kong, and then I think I woke yeah. up around the time where Yaz is going on her little adventure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for tight for tightness' sake, Yaz could have stayed in there and tried to get the thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, story-wise, the whole thing there was, I mean, they had to trigger some kind of a conflict with uh, with Graham and Yaz and Jake, was it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. going through this mysterious warehouse-type place in Hong Kong. So, I mean, it made sense they'd have to get everybody in there, they find what they're after, they find, they find Andrew. Adam. Adam. Oh, boy. They find Adam. <clears throat> And then they have to 
hurry the hell out of there because there are these weird, maybe, are you my mommy, mm. uh, uh, aliens. Yeah. yeah. You weren't the only one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, See. you know, it, it, yeah, it makes, it made sense that they'd go back for it. At least in so far as, you know, like, I don't know, somebody at the writing table was like, hey, that thing, maybe it's important. Maybe we can get them back there somehow. And somebody else piped up, send Gaz back. <laughs> but, like, they never end up getting it anyway. They get distracted by the one that still survived, did the thing, and they're like, ooh, let's do the thing. Well, she she said that it was hooked up to the system, and she was trying to get information out of it. Did she figure out the whole Madagascar? No, she didn't. She yeah. surmised that it was connected to two different points or something. Yeah, yeah, just didn't specify which the which points those would be. Which was very doctor brain, but... Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Z, yes. did you did you think at any point that it was going to be the Sea Devils? Uh, I didn't I was, actually. I thought it was going to be the Silurians. Eh. Well, the Silurians yeah, are, like, like, are like water Silurians. Like, there's only the, but there's only the one underwater location though. Uh, but it, but it had the nets like the Sea Devils did in their land. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Uh, I mean. Uh, Hanging our hopes on that star. The answer is nobody made it. It just happened. Hmm. Mm -hmm. I I do have some questions about these guys, because, like, (laughs) they never really told us anything about who they really were. They're just from another planet that got overrun by disease, and we know that there's, what, two other lab ships out there somewhere that may or may not exist still. Um, We didn't really get anything about... I'm wondering if they're intending to leave it open-ended. I keep saying this about a lot of enemies this season, like, I wonder if they're coming back later. I wonder if this is going to be a thing. And well, sadly, we're running out of time for all of them to come back. Yeah, the answer <laughs> here is probably no. We're gonna we're gonna get a Pandorica opens, and they're <laughs> all a representative of each. Will, will be there. It's just the UN. Breaks <laughs> <laughs> it all over again. <laughs> I guess it comes back to the comment about this being a filler episode, because really, when you when you think about this episode in totality. Nothing really had any consequence that carries outside of the framework. That one dude died and no one even said anything about it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You got eaten by birds. Also, that girl. Yeah, I'll stay outside and watch the deadly birds. Hey, what happened to what's his name that was watching the birds? Shrug. Not Mm -hmm. sure he's fine. Not even that. Oh, and I called him dead. I called him dead. The second he was like, I'm going to walk out onto the beach, getting closer to the birds when they're freaking out. I feel like you called it before that. It was like, I'll stay out here and keep an eye on them. Okay, he's dead. dead. Right from the get-go, we knew, yeah. It was just, it didn't make any sense. What was the point? Also, the body count is going up. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Speaking hmm. of body count, or body count that didn't happen, I'm really glad. I was like getting really upset because it looked like they were going to do another noble sacrifice so the doctor and their companion the doctor's companions don't have to mm. at the very end which i am so tired of mm-hmm. so tired of like a character gets introduced and they need a little redemption arc within the like span of the episode so they get to like pilot the thing because autopilot's mm-hmm. mysteriously gone out like this has happened so many times yeah. that it's like beat by beat you could call it and so i was so glad that he didn't die yay because i'm just i'm, I'm sick of it i'm sick of it come on doctor who mm-hmm. i know you've been around for like 50 mm-hmm. odd years but like 
Come it's on. not even a Doctor okay. Who trope. That's what makes it worse. Like, <laughs> is it not? No, I mean, no. It, it's not. But I feel like Doctor Who uses it a lot. Oh, yes. they do like a lot, a lot. Can you imagine if it had been a companion? Good. That would have been incredible. <laughs> yeah. Based on the content of this episode, it's Yaz. I'm not saying I want Yaz to disappear, but like it would have been Yaz based on how the episode went. It should be a companion. But like that would have been. We should Adric somebody. Yeah. Mm. Do you remember? You remember when Rory got yoinked in through the crack? Shit. Yeah. That was yeah. insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Turns out he's fine. Ah, I was plastic. But it was insane. <laughs> um, did you guys prefer? Um. I don't even like this word because it sounds more like I dislike it more than I actually do. But did you like, do you guys like being preached at more at the end of the episode or throughout the episode? Like in this one. <laughs> <laughs> at least at the end of the episode, we get a chance to, uh, to maybe, you know, form some opinions about the object of the preaching. Yeah. I.e. the dregs. Yeah. Dregs rights. Um, hashtag dregs rights. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, it seemed, I don't know, it seemed a little lessened here. I mean, Just like a little bit, a little bit of like, do you know how much fucking plastic there is in the on Earth? Ocean You're breathing it right now. Breathing. There's five like giant plastic three islands, islands, garbage in the, islands in the world. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. at least one is bigger than France. Yikes! Take that, France. Yeah. <laughs> All we need to do is. We just need to scoop up one of the other ones and then make an Eiffel Tower like thing on the one that's as big as France. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They should. The EU should accept one of the garbage islands into <laughs> the EU. <laughs> we have an opening. Oh boy. Whole new meaning to the term Euro trash. Oh. <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't, I don't going to top that. Apologies no, to like, my I'd friends in be, Europe. <laughs> I'd rather be preached at throughout the episode. Yeah. Because I feel like it feels too heavy handed at the end, where it's yeah. just like, yeah. we got to, sc- like, it, it's like, and learning is, no, knowledge is half the battle. Come on, G.I. Joe. Come on. <laughs> come on, people. Come on, hey, people. Yeah. We got to do something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whereas this was like, I still felt it. I feel like, like, I doubt she's. I doubt they made up statistics for this. I assume these are real statistics about the amount of plastic on Earth. Mm -hmm. But uh, it was a little more spaced out. I mean, it was kind of interesting how they tied the birds into it. Because, like, the... What was her name? The scientist? Um, Suki? Suki. She pointed out that a lot of animals, birds especially, will think plastic is food. Eat it. And then that's why that virus attacked them because of the plastic within their body. And it's like, well, humans don't have plastic in the way. Yes, they do. Oh my god! What? Dun dun dun! What was the, what was the, the biology thing that I had a really I had a problem with once I came to? <laughs> I was mad about um, something. Ryan had cut open the bird, and there was uh, all the plastic in there. And the doctor said, "What? The plastic's meta- metastasized like it was living." No, it wasn't that. No. That's stupid too, though. <laughs> Man, when he cracked it open, I thought it was a robot or something yeah. because it was full of all that junk. But no, it was just that the like, how did the bird live if it ate that much plastic? I don't think it did. I think like because it was dead on the ground. Well, wasn't it? metastasized, it yeah. spread and grew, right? Yeah, it died probably once it reached a threshold. I mean, it, yeah, yeah, it might have been like Gabriella, where it was sort of undead for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Man, what a that was, freaky virus. That was crazy, by the way. Mm. Who? Like, the virus. 
Or I think that Ga- I never saw Gabriella it, again. The the virus is not out of the realm of possibility, really. Like they they have been di- designing like bacteria and stuff that are meant to break down plastics. So there's some basis in reality there. Um, and moreover, I thought it was a really creative use. Frankly, I, if they weren't plugging it as an educational moment, I, I'd just be like, "Yeah, that's really creative." But in this case, it, it feels like they, you know, they use that to justify. They took a weir- real world application and. Yeah, yeah, it's it's more about building around the education than the education being. Oh yeah, by the way, this is also an opportunity we have to talk about this based on a good idea. Yeah. Um, but. Did I enjoy that? I don't know. This whole this whole preaching. <laughs> I'm not sure how I feel about this season that very clearly feels heavy on education moments. And they're not bad ones. They're, you know, it just... It feels so... It, they're beating you over the head with it in a way that... A little bit, but I feel like... It just reminds me of, of the feature of an Al Gore going, Ah, $100, that will buy me... One gallon of gasoline. <laughs> Maybe. Um, I mean, yeah, like, I don't... If, if you know, they have these little educational spots or, like, ta- talking about issues and things like that for the rest of Doctor Who, I honestly don't mind. There's enough problems to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> See the comments section in our Doctor Who. <laughs> I refuse to look at that subreddit or anything don't. else. Don't, don't, don't do it. Do Save your sanity, man. I, you, you guys have already painted a pretty apt picture, but it's just like, aside from not wanting my opinions to be tainted before I come here, sit down, and, and say what I think, oh, yeah. I it, I just, I've already lost enough hope in humanity here. This is, <laughs> I, it, it kind of links back to what I was, I was going to say about this whole educational moment thing. Um, the only reason I'm okay with this whole beat you over the head with it, like it so, seems so clumsy and out there and not really well hidden or or kind of like weaved into the episode is because I legitimately don't believe the audiences they're trying to hit here are capable of understanding that there's a lesson here unless it's actually dictated to you in such yeah. a, you know in such a blatant way I mean kids watch this show yeah yeah yes and kids but need things explained to them yeah it's one of those things about being an active viewer where, like, you're actually, you're not just uh, watching the thing, you're actually absorbing what's being said and internalizing it, which a lot of people, children don't tend to do that as well, mm. which is why whenever they have cartoons and stuff where, like, this character is doing all these bad things, but they don't learn the lesson until the end of the episode. Well, if the kid doesn't watch until the end of the episode, they're not going to learn the lesson at the end, they're just going to see the bad behavior and emulate that. Mm. And I feel like a lot of adults uh. don't seem to grow past that point. So they kind of have to bludgeon you over the head with it, because otherwise you're not going to get it. Mm. Mm. Well, then why did the doctor make the speech in Order 55 at the end of the story? Hmm? Different writer. Different writer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No one is going to watch to the end, apparently. I mean, are people actually like? Are people actively turning this off at this point? I fucking doubt it. Even even the people who say they are, I doubt they are. Yeah, no, they're full of shit. I mean, um, just like like the subreddit is just like like my boys are very concerned about what's happening with this doctor. My kid. Oh boy. I I Man. don't want to get started on it. <gasps> no. How accurate was that example? My boys are really concerned. <laughs> yeah, I have friends, by the yeah. way, and they don't like this. Not me. I think it's fine. But my friends. <laughs> yeah. Just having a hard time convincing him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not the racist. I'm not the sexist. I'm not the bigot. 
but my friends. <laughs> yeah. Huh? Just just let a little red flag go off in your brain as soon as someone starts talking long and hard about tradition, okay? <laughs> <Yeah>. Tradition. Tradition, <laughs> tradition. Yeah, exactly. Um, so no one cared about Gabriella's vlog, I guess. No. Nope. No. No. <laughs> no, tra- travel vlogs? Who even has those anymore? Well, she did mention that the two of them have been together for five years, but not necessarily that they were blogging for five years. Yeah. I... Th- I- I, I inferred that from what you said, but they may not have been. Yeah. Yeah. I had an issue with the fact that they're like, oh my god, this place is super disgusting. I don't want to sleep here. And they wouldn't move like 20 meters yeah, back they into the place. Yeah. I said the same thing. Like, really? Right there? <laughs> Let's sleep on top of the garbage. <laughs> the garbage will hide the light of our fire from potential yes. hunters. They'll areas. just, you know, kick a little area, make it sort of yeah. flat. Good enough. Whatever. <laughs> And then she went off with Jake and Adam, which was super weird. Yeah, man. That was something I pointed out at the end of the episode. Mm -hmm. Like, she was with... um, Gabriella. Gabriella. No, sorry. Gabriella's her name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her friend's name was... Jamila. Jamila, yeah. Yeah, Right. And they were in Peru. And then, like, um, Jake was, I'm assuming, somewhere in the UK? Yeah. And like Adam had just re entered the Earth's atmosphere and landed somewhere outside of China, I guess. At least been uh, abducted he was and ta- taken. He was taken, taken to China, yeah. yeah. So like they just no, dropped him Hong off Kong. in Madagascar. It's like, great, right, bye. Was not, he was not taken to China, he was taken to Hong Kong. Greatest liberation of our time. Yeah. There's a difference. A revolution of our time. <laughs> they are. <laughs> but like they just dropped them off in Madagascar. It's like, all right, later. It was like you couldn't have dropped them off where they started or like someplace. Else? <laughs> I mean, I think to that end, they were fine with being there. Mm. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm sure the doctor would have dropped them off wherever. But the fact that they're like, oh, let's go have our honeymoon. And she's like, I'll come too. Uh, <laughs> it's a weird dynamic. Awkward. I mean, I've seen a lot of films that start that way. Yes. <laughs> I mean, ow, in, ow, like, ow. maybe it would be cool, but we just don't know enough about all of them. Yeah. I, but I, I, it seems strange. It's, I don't know. Like, what else were the writers really gonna do? Because, um, like, I have a, I had a thought, but go on. I, well, I was gonna say, like, if she doesn't hang out with them when they part all part ways, then she really just goes back to Peru or wherever home is, and she's by herself. She doesn't have her friend, and now she has to deal with the fallout of this person she was close to who died that they never addressed. And it I mean, co- maybe she needs to tell her family what happened or <laughs> something. <laughs> yeah, but the writers don't want to deal with that, right? Nope. For for these stories yeah, to work, people need to not necessarily have realistic reactions to events like that. Like, unless it moves along the story and does something they need it to do, like, she just did not seem that affected, right? Like, because mm. it would have been a distraction. From what was already a very full episode. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, if they dropped them off at the airport or something, <laughs> that would have been different. But they were just, yeah. like, on a beach. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know what I kind of thought might have happened if the, the episode went on, like, a couple more minutes? Mm-hmm. Now that we've seen Captain Jack reintroduced. Yes. And just the way the three of them were kind of talking at the end of the episode, like, we'll be here to wash out for Earth. I thought we were going to get a new Torchwood. Ha. Maybe maybe that will tie into the finale. Maybe. Good. Madagascar branch. I hope we don't hmm. get another Torchwood. Ah. I mean, Torchwood was dire, but... <laughs> I think 
I think I'm all for like there being another Torchwood, just as long as we don't see or hear about it ever again. <laughs> oh, you mean like an organization within Doctor Who and not a spin-off show again? Yeah, no, we don't need another spin-off. Okay, thank you. <laughs> That's fine. I mean, I'm they already axed Unit. What the hell? Yeah, I'm okay with them bringing Children of Earth was okay. Hmm. I've heard that with featuring a, a Mr. Peter Capaldi. Yes. Um, <laughs> and then we also tried Class. Oh, yeah. Hey. Class. Yeah. Well, um, Suki was kind of like on the same level as the doctor in terms of how they thought about like, oh, let's, you know, antibodies. <laughs> that's what, that, that what the doctor said. <laughs> yeah. And she ended up taking the, like, her idea to create the thing. And the doctor's like, it was for humans. Are you human? Is it going to work the same way? And that kind of harkens back to like, as far back as Pertly, where they're like, your human pharmaceuticals aren't going to work on me. It could actually be detrimental. And sure enough. Yeah, oh yeah, because she took it, and then... At the same time, it's the only cure available. That's literally... Oh, that was it! I was going to say, that's literally how clinical trials work. Whereas, Doctor Who, one person in an uncontrolled setting is not a clinical trial. That is a case study at best. (laughs) Yeah. It was just a luck of the draw, really. I mean, I guess guess the TARDIS is a sanitized sanitized room, let's say. It can't, it can't possibly be. It can't possibly. Now, on that point, is the doctor really going to leave it as is that Suki sent this supposed cure back to the rest of her dying race and basically just doom them for sure? So this yeah. just finishes them off. Oh yeah, <laughs> we're never going to see this again. Did she actually send it, though, or was it that, like, she was going to? Yeah, she beamed the information. I'm pretty sure, yeah. She explicitly stated that she had done that. Not, but it wasn't that she had beamed over the cure, because the cure wasn't come up with until the whole thing with Adam and the TARDIS. I thought that what Suki beamed over was just the information on how to go about creating Mm-hmm. The, uh, Which is just as good, right? Virus. The f- Probably better. Here's an answer. This is the yeah. first thing they're going to do is pump that out. And maybe they'll test it, but... Mm. Well, I mean, but as long as there's that information there, then it's it doesn't necessarily mean that uh, that whole the remnant of that planet is doomed. They just have the information. They don't have the actual antidote. Yeah, but... They're not like, going to design it the, for... All they've been use. looking for is an antidote. Yeah. So... If they find something that one of their own says an antidote, I'm pretty sure they're going to try it. I, I guess I'm coming at this from the angle that it it would seem out of character that the Doctor wouldn't, next episode, jump in the TARDIS and go and find these people and try to stop them from, you know, f- following Suki's folly into their own demise. Like, And they won't. They absolutely won't do that. But it just seemed strange to me, you know? It, it's one of these little hmm. loose ends that it's like... For everything that the Doctor is, how is that something that goes under her radar? It can't be a two-parter, that's why. No. <laughs> I mean, she was really annoyed that they brought the virus over in the first place just mm-hmm. to use Earth as a Petri dish. I mean, that's pretty annoying. Yeah. <laughs> but there's there's nothing to say the other lab ships were doing the same thing, right? I think it's implied they were. That they were just going to find another earth-like world and do the same thing mm. yeah yeah okay. so fuck them yeah <laughs> um i mean there's also the right. problem that if they are doing the same thing 
you know, going off all the other lab ships. Uh, why isn't the Doctor trying to stop that? True. That's almost worse. I like, I mean, I mean, isn't this like a, if there's a god, why is there evil in the world kind of thing? Yeah. Like, I mean, I think it's because the Doctor is solely, well, maybe not solely, but most highly concerned with Earth. Mm. Well, because the Doctor's half human, yeah. didn't you know? Mm. But yeah, of course. On his mother's side, or My her cannon. mother's side. Yeah. I thought this was like, once we kind of unfurled the plot, I thought it was like like a neat little idea, like they've they've come down, this species has come down with this virus, and it's like, great place to test it, is Earth, this place full of plastic. The idea of, I like the idea of Earth being used in like, like a, an almost petty or disposable kind of way, because mm-hmm. it's, it's a very, it's a very like, outside perspective to humans, where like, Earth is the most important thing, and the Doctor also to whom Earth is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of like that idea. It was uh, it was fun, time hopping. I kind of liked the companions split up a little more. Um, we got a little bit more of each of them. This was this was more Yaz than it was any of the other ones. Yeah. Um, Ryan got a real. Oh my god! What was the thing that Ryan said? He's, he's like he's like you know I'm here to help you guys out or something or that something like so that. That was so cute. That was so yeah. cute. I'm liking Ryan more. He's like thanks for doing that. He's like oh. Because he was like, oh, like, be like, oh, we gotta, f- like, can you explain what's going on? And then he's like, well, you know, you know, Ryan Sinclair cut up that bird. And he's like, well, you know, like, helping you guys out, or I'm here to save the day, or something like that. <laughs> that was, that yeah. was cute. I like that. Um, but yeah, this is not one I'd be like, oh man, I gotta go, I gotta go back and see what happened in Praxius. <laughs> I mean, I might follow the twists and turns a little better, <laughs> but, um, but if it came up, I was doing, if I was doing a rewatch on random, and this came up, I'd be like, yeah, okay, uh, a classic standard Thirteenth Doctor story. Hmm. So I'd say thumbs slightly up for this one. Hmm. Z. All right. Uh, I thought that, that it was a really like awesome premise. Um, timeliness aside, what with all the coronavirus <laughs> stuff going around. <laughs> yeah. Um. Just the idea that, okay, there's this alien alien pathogen, and it latches on to plastic. Okay, where where is there a lot of plastic? Earth. Let's try out all these statistics. Um, kind of like make that part of the story. But I think what uh, what made it curious to me, maybe more so, was some of the editing, like. When the when the uh, ship was crashing, and then suddenly we just see this person like hitting a wall of stacked bottles in a grocery store, like that smash cut oh, yeah. was kind of fun, and um, just sort of the quick cuts in between the different locations, and the quick cuts a little bit later on in the episode. Strangely, when Graham and Jake were having like that heart to heart, a little little weird for that editing choice, but nonetheless. Um, that that production choice, that uh, that that editing style that they went with, just set the whole thing up like this huge kind of Marvel-esque thriller to me. Hmm. And I kind of enjoyed that um, because I think mostly because they didn't overuse it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, which they were on the verge of doing with the whole heart-to-heart thing. You know, you maybe maybe hold a few angles here and there in the in the more serious conversations, that sort of thing. 
Um, but like overall, thought it was a a solid episode. Neat premise. One of those uh, sci-fi premises that almost grows the story as naturally as a virus in a petri dish. (laughs) (laughs) Boo. So so I'm going to give this one thumbs up. Not uh, not as big or as high up as Nikola Tesla's Nikola Tesla's Night of Terror, but uh, nonetheless, I did enjoy this one. Chloe, I will preface this with saying because I definitely missed like ten to twenty minutes of this episode <laughs> from falling asleep. I don't feel super qualified on giving it a a rating. Because, like, I missed a lot of the plot. Missed a lot of the setup. I found I was very confused in the second half. <laughs> Felt like they didn't explain anything. They didn't recap for anyone who had fallen asleep in the first week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping next week I have my life together a little bit more and I can actually, like, be present for an episode and be awake for an episode. That would be really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, generally good, though. Generally... I, I mean, I still am struggling with the feeling that, like, Three Companions is too many. And then especially once you start adding, like, like your one-shot characters for the episode. And you keep get, and you, then you get all these breakaway teams. It gets muddled. It looks like... It feels like there's not enough time for each person or each breakaway group to breathe. And especially, like, the Doctor. And... Whether the intent is for the show to become more of an ensemble cast or not, like, you still can't deny the fact that the show is called Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not Doctor Who and Friends. <laughs> not, do- not Doctor Witch. Yes, Which exactly. one is the Doctor? Um, that's a joke that I'm a little bit, I'm getting a little tired of. Uh, I think the last, like, Graham's the Doctor? No, Yaz is the Doctor. Oh, yeah. Like, gotcha. Yeah, okay. Um, we don't need that anymore. Yeah, we're, I'm done with that. But anyways. So... I do find episodes like this where there's the breakaway groups get a little bit cluttered um, because they try to fit too many moments into 45 minutes. Yeah. But that's just sort of like part of the overarching criticism I have for the show running, I suppose, is where the criticism lies. But otherwise, yeah, interesting premise. I don't, I prefer when we're going to have our moral lessons that they're sort of trickled in throughout the episode as opposed to, you know, we've talked a lot today about plastics <laughs> and uh, there's a lot of, <laughs> I'm Joan Namath. <laughs> that's not funny. It's they paper lock. Lock. Where <laughs> <laughs> it's Captain America sitting backwards on a chair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Like, like I, I don't want that. Actually, Jody Whittaker literally like sat backwards on a chair in the middle of a hallway. <laughs> I mean, would, go go back around to being good again. But That's true. Time. Yeah, so I'd rather it kind of feel a little bit more organic, or in the case of plastic, inorganic Ooh. throughout the episode. Oh, <laughs> um, your your medical science is always terrible, Doctor <laughs> Who. It <laughs> always bothers me. Always has been. Always. It always has been. Always. Yeah. Will be. Um. Whatever. So, I give it probably, like, three and a half floating garbage islands out of five. <laughs> Zero percent of clinical trials. <laughs> <laughs> exactly the same number of clinical trials done in this episode. <laughs> Carolyn. 
Ah, I always go after Chloe. Um, I literally do everyone in the same order every single time. (laughs) (laughs) And the problem is, I agree wholly with what she said about uh, how there's just too many characters. And that's exactly what my takeaway was. Now, to add to that, um, this damn millennial doctor and her, 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 uh, what's it called? Um, fatigue, her, her, uh, compassion fatigue. She's given up on so many people and just... Her burnout? Completely oh. giving up on, on people <laughs> dying and, oh, well, they did. Move on. Do-do-do-do-do. Like, it just, ah... I'm I'm actually oh. really annoyed with that. It's mm. it's not in it, it shouldn't be the doctor's character. I don't feel like that's lining up for me. So I'm I'm kind of um I'm leaning towards two stars out of five. Kellen, you're actually right in that there was specifically when Suki exploded, the doctor did not react to the extent I were, they possibly used a reaction shot that was not supposed to be for that scene. <laughs> that's what. It, that's that is my mm-hmm. suspicion. Does everybody remember what I'm talking about? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She just like walked away. She was just like, huh, and then that was it. And then move on. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, yeah. There's other people to save, but at the same time, there's so many like, there's so many holes to how you're gonna fix this in the first place, but then. Oh, that other guy, he just took off and he's in the ship. Okay, well, I guess... I guess that's that. You've got a time and space machine! Fucking save him! Okay, I'm gonna save him in the last second. Are we on on fixed points of time or are we Uh, on time to be rewritten? I can't remember. Ron, we have to go back. We have to go back. Okay. (laughs) To rewrite time. (laughs) We're doing lost rules now. Yeah. um, Yeah. Because it was like... If they were like, okay, Ms. Whitaker... The next scene, a person is going to explode in front of you. I don't think she would react that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It just We're seeing. Uh, and then there's the holes with the whole uh, the other uh, ship labs. Like there's no like there's no um, instances of her like putting into words that oh yeah we should go and check on that oh yeah that. It's also something that should be fixed because people are dying out there. It's just... This is, yeah, this is one of those things where the Doctor has a trait that is not intended. Mm. It is a, it's a trait by omission. Mm. Much, like, much like, regardless of what you have to say about it, the Tenth Doctor being an asshole. He's mm. not supposed to be. He's not, he's not written that way. He's not, he wasn't written... wasn't intended to be written that way, but he comes across that way. Uh, And the third doctor seems to be kind of the same way with that. (laughs) But here's the thing. The tenth doctor's hot, so it's fine. (laughs) Boy. Deus Ex Machina, whatever the hell you want with him. Damn millennial doctor. Her compassion fatigue. (laughs) Burn it. That's that's what it is. That's what it feels like, anyways. And it's... Like, I'm, I'm super interested in that as an arc, but that's clearly not what's happening. Mm. She's just toughening up to the point where she becomes Dr. Ruth. No. <laughs> the ruthless doctor. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. So. Okay. Here's my trouble. Is I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. 
there are plenty of things in there that I did enjoy. And plenty of things in there that I was like, ah, why? So it's one of those things where it's like, do I err on the side of good or do I err on the side of hell now? I mean, I know what I know what I would, but mm, yeah, it is your rating, not mine. Exactly. So, side of meat. Um, admittedly, like <laughs> the doctor, I was gonna say that. Oh, you know, maybe the doctor hadn't seen this the the actual effects of the virus at what happens to the person, but no, that happened when they found the the guy that somehow miraculously got washed up on the shore from a submarine getting abducted. And like the submarine man. Yeah, he just exploded in front of the three of them, and they're just like, whoa, what happened? Um, She had a more intense reaction to that one than she did Suki. uh, And I wonder if the only reason why is because Suki kind of painted herself sort of as a villain by bringing this plague to the planet in the first freaking place. That it was almost just like, like, I feel bad that you're gone, but you kind of brought it on yourself, maybe? I don't know. I, we're doing more work than the writers did, and I think we should stop. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, the whole... It just so happened that this one test subject got this um, particular thing, and hey, what do you know? It worked. Tick, 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 ding! Hey, here's some uh, anti- antidote for you, the the TARDIS says. I don't know. It- <laughs> <laughs> the same house. <laughs> <laughs> right? But, um... Yeah, I appreciate that, like, the, the companions did more than just stand around. I appreciate that Graham actually admits that he doesn't know what a pathogen is. And so when, when Ryan's like, what? Am I going to sound stupid if I don't know what a pathogen is? It's like, I'm glad you said that because I don't know either. But, like, and then the doctor very kindly explains what a pathogen is because, hey, maybe the audience members don't know either. And so, like, the the way that they kind of go about that process of what pathogens are and like creating a virus to combat that pathogen and like this that whatever like I, I appreciate that they went to that kind of trouble I appreciate that they did bring in some real world uh, inspiration like how the the currents of the waters will just pool all the plastic into one spot making what is essentially an island like did you know that I didn't know that I knew that there was plenty of pollution I just didn't realize it was to that bad of an extent like this is why we've been switching to paper straws. <laughs> but anyway, so, like, I appreciate that they tried to do that. Um, it's, you know, instead of the hubris of man, it was the hubris of alien du jour. We, we never really got their name. <laughs> Unnamed alien race. Yeah. So, like, that kind of thing. I, the ending was kind of weird because, like, now that we, this, this couple, this married couple who had a bit of a falling out can reconcile and, like, oh, he, we never ended up going on the on honeymoon because he didn't want to travel. And it's like, well, you're in Madagascar, so, you know, one in Rome. And then, like, sure. Gabrielle is just like, hey, I'll come along too. And it's like, eh? Sure. Well, okay. Yeah, why not? And then, like, Doctor and Co. just piss off. That kind of honeymoon. Yeah. Anyway. So, like, I guess one thumb up and one thumb sideways. Hmm. It's, it's like three quarters. Yeah. It's pretty good. Evan. All right. Well, this was certainly an episode of a show that is apparently under the Doctor <laughs> Who moniker. Um, <laughs> whoa. No. Uh, look, I'm, I'm, I think I'm in the same boat as everybody else. My, my feeling about this episode is very lukewarm. Um, it had some great elements, but like, again, uh, as Soph was mentioning, we, we, 
we've gotten back to um, the companions doing off doing their own thing, but I feel like it was done much more competently than it's been done in previous episodes this season. Uh, but it still leaves the question unanswered: like, who are these characters? Where did they get this? You know, where did they develop this? Because it seems like we've seen steps before of this development, but it all appears to be off screen. Um, and then, yeah, you've got the, these weird moments like, uh, yeah, what's her face joining in on the honeymoon and yeah, a lot of, uh, loose ends and things. And I think it all just adds up to very lazy writing. They made up mm. their minds what they wanted this episode to be about and what points they wanted to hit. And they just didn't give a shit about everything else in between. Um, and I find to continue, I find it hard to continue to be excited about the future of this show if they keep writing like this. I, again, they did some good things with the companions this time, promising, but they need to string these thoughts together in a more sensible, you know, way, something that flows and feels more natural. Um, I really don't have a lot else to say about it than that. Like that, there's nothing I really hated about this episode. There's nothing I absolutely loved about this episode. It just kind of leaves me feeling mm, different. Do you think that part of the problem with the the flow that you're picking up on has to do with each episode being, for the most part, a standalone story? Well, it, it might be that they're trying to catch too much all in one you know, episode, um, mm-hmm. not to encourage more two parters, but well, not even, not even two parters. Just like if there was a series long arc, which I like, then yeah, then it seems like arc. there would probably be more flow. I mean, at least for the companions, there would be a much more there kind of thing for them to actually be working towards. Maybe they don't need a story arc. Maybe they just need a visual board in the writer's office that basically, hey, by the way, this is what these characters have been through and, you know, their behavior should kind of reflect those experiences. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. Who knows what the process is? None of the companions have, like, a character arc this season. Barely. They barely have a character period. Hmm. Now, Still in the tea for what it's worth, this is the sec. This is the second, and next week will be the third. Where it's like a writer, like the writer of the episode, and and Chris Chibnall hmm. as like co-credited mm. as writers. So, and I don't think it's it's fair at any point to be like, oh, this was going to be good, and then Chris Chibnall shit all over the <laughs> script or whatever. Jeez. <laughs> Kind of stupid and narrow-minded. Because I guarantee you... Well, mo- get ready, because that's what I'm about to say. <laughs> I guarantee you most of the plot twists last week were from Chris Chibnall. Yes, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Um, but I'm curious as to why he is now, like, the current... Like, also as being showrunner, why he's credited as co-writer on now three consecutive episodes. Yeah. Uh, and what it is he's doing. Because I don't know what he would really... Because... I would assume that it was be- because of like arc related stuff that he would be yeah. also be credited as writer, but there wasn't any of that in this episode that we know of. That we know of, stuff could come back. So maybe Yaz wasn't wearing her jacket in that one ah, shot. That's yeah. true. <laughs> that was a doctor, actually. Oh my god, the doctor's pants look so stupid without a jacket on. <laughs> to cover them. <laughs> I mean, I never personally ever felt the jacket factored into it. Yeah, no, I, I'm back to the pants are stupid. I don't want to look at flood pants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Maybe next maybe next season she'll get a new look. I just want her to wear skinny jeans, that's all. Ah. That would be. They can still be cropped. Yeah, just skinny jeans. Yeah. Mm. But um, that will do it for this episode of Who in Review. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Doctor Who, and I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Who in Review. We'll be back next week to review Can You Hear Me? What? That's right. Which is about something. Um, So until then... Everybody here. Thank you for listening, everybody, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Hi. Bye bye. 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 Ciao, Billis.